Greetings, family, and welcome to today's service. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall truly be grateful. We shall truly rejoice on this day. And I'm here to share a message with you titled, There is More. And I'm saying to you, by the end of this message, I want to have been able to convince you, um, trusting in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you and convince you with conviction that there is more that God has for you. There is more that God has for you than you've ever thought of, than you ever planned of, than, than you've ever asked for. And I'm going to be giving examples in the Bible that demonstrate that there is more. Why am I spending time? Why have I decided to speak on this topic? Because family in life, we come through, we go through stages. And one of the stages is called stagnation. Where you stagnate, where you come to a point where it feels like you're not going anywhere. Where it feels like life has plateaued. You've got married and you are saying, is this all the easy marriage. You've graduated, you've got a job maybe, or you're still looking for a job, and you're asking yourself, is this what life is all about? You've been a believer trusting in the Lord, and nothing happens, and you're not seeing certain changes in in your spiritual life, and you are saying, is this what salvation is all about? But I'm here to tell you this morning, child of God, that there is more that God has for you than you've ever thought. God has more for you than you can ever think. God has more for you than you can ever ask of. And there are many examples in the Bible where God demonstrates that He is the God of more than you can think. He's the God of more than you can ask for. And one such example is Hannah. Hannah finds herself married, but her womb has been closed. The Bible said God had closed her womb. And Hannah maybe is saying to herself, this is it, uh, there is nothing more. But one day she prays to God and says, Father, if you'll turn and face me and bless me with the son, I will bring the son to you. I will dedicate the son to you. Little did Hannah know that at some time, at a perfect time, God was going to open her womb and bless her with much more than she had asked for. Another example is Elijah. Elisha, rather. Elisha understood what it meant to have a father who's able to give more. When he was presented with an opportunity while he was plowing, Elisha, at that moment, said to himself, there is more to life than plowing. And when that opportunity was presented to him, the prophet hit him, put his cloak on him. He immediately seized that moment and said, there is more to life. There is more to it than plowing. That is why even the second time when he's given another opportunity, as the prophet is about to uh, depart, the prophet Elijah asked Elisha, is there anything that you want me to do? And Elisha says, I would like a double portion of your spirit. Elisha understood that the God that we serve is able to give us more. What we currently have, we are grateful for it, but God is able to give us more. I'm saying to you, you may be eating manna, you may be experiencing things that are only for a moment. Don't 
don't camp at those things. That manna is not meant to be perpetual. That manna is not meant to be eat. God has plans for you. Plans to prosper you. God has plans for you. He's got the promised land for you. He's got land flowing with milk and honey. He's got land for you that you need to go and occupy. The fact that you're in the wilderness does not mean that this is the end of the world. Does not mean that this is it. It's just the beginning, child of God. God has more for you. I remember also in the Bible, there's a man called uh, Zacharias. Zacharias had been serving God, but him and his wife Elizabeth had no child, and they were old, and maybe they were thinking that uh, this is it, this is the end of the world. But one day, when he, while he was serving, because he was not only serving because he wanted God to bless him, he was not serving because he wanted uh, something in return from God. He was serving out of love. He was serving out of obedience. And I'm here to tell you that we need to start serving out of obedience. We need to start serving out of love because we are compelled. Let love compel us to serve. So as uh, Zacharias was serving, the, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, your prayer is heard. Your wife will bear a child. Your wife will carry a child. And family, this is just a demonstration that life may seem like it has plateaued. Life may seem like it has come to a, a stagnation of some sort. But I'm here to say to you, you've got a father in heaven. And that father in heaven has more for you than you can ever think. And in the Bible, there's a young man by the name of Jabez. Jabez was called by his mother by this name, Jabez, which means uh, he makes sorrowful his sorrow because when Jabez's mother gave birth to uh, Jabez, it was a painful birth. It, it was a birth of sorrow. And she then named him this name. So whenever he went around, his friends would say, here is this friend of ours that gave pain to his mother while she gave birth to him. But Jabez understood that there is more. I may be called Jabez. I may be called by names. But I've got a father who's got more for me. My Bible says, he asked God, God, enlarge my territory. Lord, expand my area of influence. Lord, expand my area of of breach. And Father, may you protect me from evil. And Father, may you protect me so that I don't cause pain to people. And my Bible says, the Lord answered his prayer. So family, I am saying to you this morning, I'm just building a story here because God has more for us. God has more for us than we think. Jabez understood this concept that the world may think that I am Jabez, but I've got a father who has more for me. Simon Peter, maybe you are like Simon Peter. Simon Peter gets called to become a fisher of men. And he goes with Jesus. He leaves his business. And three years later, Jesus goes to the cross, he is crucified, he rises from the dead, and from time to time he would show among his disciples. And one day Simon Peter decides, I'm going to go back fishing, because that is what I'm used to. I have Maybe he was saying to himself, I have tried to be a disciple of Jesus, 
But where is Jesus now? I cannot see him. Let me go back to what I'm accustomed to. But I'm here to tell you, child of God, maybe you are one of those persons that may have decided that or thought that this was the route to a to a take. This was what was, was going to bring a what is going to bring a breakthrough to me. This is what's going to change my my life. But you find yourself coming back to where you started. I'm saying to you. Jesus was not done with Simon Peter. He came back and found him fishing and he reminded him of how he had picked him up. He said, Simon Peter, throw your net on the side because you've caught no fish throughout the night. And the minute Simon Peter caught fish and realized, he came back to his senses and said, this is the Savior. This is the Messiah. This is the life changer. This is the game changer. And he followed him. And from then, long after Jesus left to be with the Father, Simon Peter became, becomes the greatest disciple because God provided him with more than what he had thought for. God provided him with more than what he had thought of. God provided him with more than what he had anticipated. God provided him with more than what he had asked for. I'm saying to you, child of God, with these examples that I'm giving to you, I'm just laying the base that the Father that you serve has more for you than you can think of, than you can ask. Don't give up on God. God has not given up on you. Let's read a story in the Bible found in First Kings, First Kings chapter 3. This is an illustration of many Ill illustrations similar to the ones that I've just given. An illustration of how God can respond beyond your imagination. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has ever contemplated what the Lord has for you. Not only in this world, but in heaven. King of glory, we lift up your name for such a promise that you've got things for us, planned for us, that we've never seen, that we've never heard, that we've never actually contemplated. Let's go to one such example where God demonstrates. This is the story where God shows up uh, to Solomon, to Solomon in a dream. Solomon has been made king. And Solomon has just been to a place called Gibeon where he has made a sacrifice of a thousand burnt offering. And that night, the Bible in First King 3 verse 9, it says, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Pause there. Solomon has made a sacrifice. The generous sacrifice. Solomon has made a generous sacrifice. And the Lord appears to him that evening and says, Solomon, what do you want? I want to bless you. Ask for it and I shall give it to you. Uh, and so here Solomon then responds and says, uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well. And give me a discerning heart so that I can know the difference between right and wrong. Lord, give me a discerning heart. Give me an understanding heart that will be able 
to differentiate between bad and good so that I may be able to govern your people. So the Lord responds to Solomon and says Solomon, and he responds this in verse 11. He says, Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, Solomon, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you wisdom. And this wisdom and understanding will be so great that no one has ever experienced it and will ever have it. Good example. Solomon. Here is Solomon family. Solomon is asking God, God, thank you for this opportunity. Please give me understanding. Give me wisdom so that I may just govern this nation of Israel. These are your people. But God responds because he's the God of the modern you ask for. He's the God of there's more. He's the God that's got more for us, that's got more for you. And the, and God responds and says, Shot Solomon, I will give you that. Not only will I give you wisdom to uh, govern your people, but I will give you wisdom that you are the so that you are the wisest man ever to have lived. Let's go uh, further to First uh, Kings chapter four, verse verse uh, 29, um, just to demonstrate the magnitude of this wisdom. Because God not only gave him wisdom to govern the nation of Israel, but God gave him wisdom to be able to assist other nations. God, in verse 29, the Bible says, God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded that of all the wise men of the east and the wise men of Egypt. So God not only gave Solomon what he had asked for, Solomon had just asked for wisdom to govern the nation, but the, the God of abundance, the God of exceedingly abundantly above, goes out and gives Solomon more than what Solomon has asked for. He gives him wisdom so that Solomon, the Bible in verse 32 says, because of his wisdom, Solomon was able to compose some 3,000 proverbs. So what we read in the book of Proverbs is nothing compared to the 3,000 proverbs that God enabled Solomon to write because he had so much wisdom. That same verse says he wrote a thousand and five songs. I just battled to, to write five songs. Here is a man blessed with so much wisdom that he writes so much songs. The Bible says he could speak with authority on any matter. He could speak with authority on plants. He could speak with authority on all creation. Animals, birds, fish, every creature. The Bible says the kings the kings in verse 34, the kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. I'm just emphasizing, child of God, that the God that we serve, the God that is our father, has got more for us. That is why I'm saying to you, there is more, there is more, there is more than, than you can see. There is more 
God has more for you. Solomon asked for wisdom and God gives him such a magnitude, such an immeasurable amount of wisdom. Hallelujah. But family, not only did God give him that wisdom, God went on to actually say, Solomon, I will give you things that you've not asked for. Just, uh, I will give you things that you've not asked for. He says, I will, I will give you wealth. You will be the richest man in the world. I will also not only give you wealth, but I will give you fame. I will give you honor. You will be the greatest known man in the world. One of the most well-known men in the world. No one shall compare with you for the rest of your life. No king shall compare with you, with your riches, with, what I, with the fame that I would have given to you. What did Solomon ask for? Solomon asked for wisdom to govern the nation of Israel. And what does God bless him with? God blesses him with wisdom to advise nations. With wisdom to understand more than just governing. Uh, with wisdom to understand and talk with authority about everything that God had created. He gives him not only that, but God gives him wealth. He makes him the wealthiest man. There is more. Family, there is more. Not only that, God makes him the most famous man. God makes him a famous man. And not only that, God says, I'm going to throw another one there. Solomon, if you abide by my word, if you abide by my command, I will extend your life. I will give you a long life. Family, or Solomon only asked for one thing. That is why I said last week uh, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 30 verse 18, I said to you, our father, he longs to be gracious. Our father, and because of that, he, he will rise. He will lift himself up so that he may show his compassion for us. I said last week, God will give us things that we've not asked for. And here's a good example where our father of abundance, where our father of more than enough, where our father of ability of being exceedingly abundantly above more than that, that we can ask or think of is able to give us much, much more than we've asked for. God wants more for you than you can ever think, than you can ever ask than you can ever contemplate. When the Israelites cried to God when they were in Egypt and God heard their prayer, the Israelites' prayer was, God, take us out of slavery. But what did God do? God, as He takes them out of slavery, gives them wealth of the Egyptians. He allows them he enables, he softened the hearts of the, of, of, of the Egyptians to release whatever treasure, whatever jewelry, whatever things that the, the, the Israelites asked for. What did they ask for from God? They asked God to release them from the slavery and God blessed them with much more than that. Zacharias and Elizabeth. The thing that they asked for from God, they were saying, God, just bless us with a child. And God not only blessed them with a child, but He blessed them with John the Baptist. He blessed them with someone that
that not only gave joy to them, but he also gave joy to the world. He brought joy to the world. He brought the message and he ushered Jesus into his ministry. He's the same one that started preaching. He's the first word to have been heard speaking about repentance as we prepare for the coming of the kingdom. Here is a man that Elizabeth and her husband only asked for a son. And look at what God blesses them with. Hannah asked for a son and said, God, just give me a son. I want to hold him, bring him up, bring him up. When he's of the right age, I will go and dedicate to the synagogue. I will go and leave him with the prophet. He will leave, he will serve there. But little did she know that God was releasing, was opening her womb, not just for that one son who later became uh, Samuel, not just for that son who then became the, the, one of the greatest men to preach. He's the first person to have anointed the kings of Israel. This is a man that uh, 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 Hannah and her husband were praying that God would just give us a son to hold and God gave her much more than that. Not only did, did God give her such a great man, but God blessed her with many, many more sons. Family, I am saying to you, God is able to give us more than we've asked for, to give us more than we've contemplated, to give us more, much, much more than we can conceptualize. This is the God that's our Father. I'm saying to you, child of God, the fact that you may be stagnant, the fact that things are not moving, the, the fact that you have achieved a level and and, and you are now comfortable. I just want to encourage you, child of God, that there is more that God has for you. That is not the end point. You may be well established. You may be well balanced. You, if things may be looking good for you. I am saying to you that uh, there is more to it. God has more for you. I'm not just saying don't be grateful for what you have. I'm saying to you, don't think that that is the end of it. God has more blessings lined up for you. God has more things planned for you. In the Bible, there's a story of a king. His name is King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah is about to uh, uh, die. He's on his deathbed. And a prophet comes and he condemns that. He says to him, King, uh, the Lord has spoken to me. And he says, I must tell you to fix your ways, to fix um, your, your life, because you will not survive this sickness. You are going to die. In other words, your death certificate has been written. My Bible says the king turned around and faced the wall and started crying to the father. And as the prophet was leaving, the king was crying to the father. And my Bible says, before the prophet got far, before the prophet uh, covered distance, the Lord spoke to him and said, go back to him 
tell him he will recover from this sickness. Not only shall he recover from this sickness, but I'm going to bless him with 15 more years. I am going to bless him with 15 more years. Not only am I going to bless him with 15 more years, but I'm going to give him victory over his enemy. He is going, his city will be saved. Not only did God give him a good health, but God gave him 15 extra years. Not only did God give him 15 extra years, but God also blessed him, protected his city from the enemy. I'm saying to you, child of God, he's the God of more. There's more in God. There's more to God. There's more to his provision. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen there? There's a story in the Bible of men that brought a paralyzed friend to Jesus to be healed. And they get to the place and they cannot access the place. Eventually they get the man in and they've brought this man to be healed. But Jesus does much more than that. Jesus forgives him his sins. I'm saying to you, child of God, God has more than what we think for us. God has more than what we ask for. They brought this man to be healed by Jesus. And Jesus not only heals him, but forgives him his sins. I'm saying to you, these men, despite the challenges that they face, They pushed on beside, despite the fact that the door was shut, despite the fact that no one was allowing them through. They did not give up. They went onto the roof and brought this young man to Jesus through the roof. Many of us are giving up because we've been deceived to think that this is it. There is no more. I'm here to encourage you, child of God. Whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation is, there is more. God has more for you. This is not the end. Don't give up. In the Bible, there is a story of a king, the king of Israel. He comes to the prophet Elisha and this king comes there because they are under attack by the Syrian army. And he comes to Elisha. And Elisha is on his deathbed. He's about to die. And Elisha says to him, Take your arrow. Put it on the bow. Open the window. The man opens the, uh, the window. Elisha stretches out and touches the hand of the king as he pulls the arrow to release. The prophet says, release. And Joash the king releases. And as he releases, the king says, that is the arrow of deliverance. You have completely 
destroyed. You have completely defeated the Syrian army. But I'm not done with you. Take the remaining arrows and start to hit the ground with them. The king starts, takes the arrows and starts to hit the ground. He hits the ground once, twice, and the third time he stops. And this angers the prophet. The prophet says, why did you stop? Why did you stop? Because had you continued, you'd have completely defeated the Syrian army. Now you are only going to defeat it three times. In other words, you are not going to completely defeat it. I'm saying to you, there is many of us that hit the ground, that try once, twice, three times and give up when victory is so close. We've stopped sending CVs out. We've stopped feathering our studies because we've tried. And I'm here to tell you, maybe that fourth time could be your breakthrough. We stopped giving people chances that are asking to have relationships with, with us because we've been so hurt before. We've closed doors. We've stopped so many things. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes and very often that next step that you take could be your step of a breakthrough. That last, that next attempt of trying to reconcile your marriage, your relationship could be the one that does it all. But Joash stopped at three. He stopped at three. Yes, victory had been declared. The arrow had been released. But here there was an action that was needed. The Israelites, the promise had been released. The promise had been declared. You will occupy the promised land. It is yours. But you need to enter it and conquer it. And they stopped there. I'm saying to me and to you, let us not give up on God because God has not given up upon us. Simon Peter, when Jesus came to, to him, when he was fishing the second time after the resurrection of Jesus, Simon Peter could have quite easily said, I'm done with you, Jesus. I don't want to have anything to do with you. But he hung in there. He hung in there. I'm saying to you, child of God, hang in there. Refuse to give up. Hang in there, child of God. Now, as I'm now trying to bring my message to a close, I just want to share with you a few things that we can learn in the story of Solomon about how to position ourselves to receive the more than we've asked for. Hallelujah. Number one. We need to show gratitude. In the book of Kings, first, first Kings chapter 3, the Bible says, after God said to Solomon, Solomon, what do you want? 
Solomon responded with gratitude. He didn't just jump into it and say, Oh God, thank you for such an opportunity. I want this. No, he didn't. And that is a lesson for us. When we come before God, let's not just jump in there and start to give a laundry list of our needs. He says, Father, you have shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father. May this love that you've shown to him, may it continue because you've today you've demonstrated it again by giving him a son to sit on his throne so here is solomon he acknowledges he brings perspective he appreciates what the lord has done he erases he praises god and says god you've shown great love and faithfulness to your son david he brings perspective he brings perspective he says lord I am not here because of my own doing. In the verse after that, he says, You have made me king. I have not made myself king, but you have made me king. Solomon could have quite easily posted and said, God, I don't need anything here. I've made, David has made me king, but he recognized, he brought perspective in as much as David was the one that instructed the priest and the prophet, but it was God that made Solomon king. And he recognizes that we need to come to a position where we start to lift up God before we make our prayers known to him. We need to lift up his throne and say, God, your love is so great. Your faithfulness is unbelievable. Although I may be faithless, but you are faithful, God. Number two, Solomon humbled himself before God. He says, Father, I am only a child. I am a little child who does not know his way around. Here I am among your people. I am only a child. Solomon could have once again boasted and said, I am king, I don't need your help. But he humbled himself. Let me just say to you, child of God, had Solomon been proud, he would not have seen the blessings of God. I just want to say to you, very often our pride closes the doors of the blessings from our father the bible says he gives grace to the humble and resists the pride he gives more grace to the humble in the book of isaiah 66 the bible says god declared that these are the ones i look on with favor those who are humble those who are humble so here is solomon he is humbling himself before god he is humbling himself before god and saying god i am only a child i don't know what to do family in our weakness god's power is perfected 
but when we elevate ourselves when we lift up ourselves when we think we are better than others the blessings of God are locked out last week I spoke about the story of the, the prodigal son and today I just want to say as well if that son had been proud in the pig's pen he would not have received such love such blessing such restoration as he did by humbling himself hallelujah number three i said num number one he showed gratitude he had perspective he appreciated number two i said he humbled himself and in doing those things he opened the floodgates of heaven so that the blessing of god much more than he had asked for could come down pouring into his life hallelujah number three he had the right motives in the book of james james chapter 4 verse 3 the Bible says, you ask but you don't receive because your motives are wrong. You know, very often when we ask God, yes, we ask God about us, but we need to be asking God about us and his kingdom. We need to be asking God about things that will help advance the kingdom kingdom we need to be asking God about things that will help us to reach out to show love and not things very often people are asking for things to show off for things to prove themselves oh Lord just bless me with the Mercedes because I just want to show off among my friends yes they may not say it but deep down God sees the motives and hence each time you pray child of God ask yourself what is the motive behind this prayer because if that motive is to show off if that motive is to shine then you've just blocked the blessing from heaven coming down that is why that is why Jesus says when you pray when you fast when when you give don't give it don't do those things in the public space so that the world may know, so that the world may see. Because the motives are not right. You are just showing off. But I'm here to encourage you that for you to experience what Solomon experienced, the motives must be right. Solomon was very clear. He said, Lord, I give me this so that I can govern your people well. It's not about me. It certainly has got nothing to do with me. You've given me this position. This position comes from you, Lord. But Father, equip me to do a good job on what you've asked me to do. Let us be people that say, Father, equip me to advance your ministry. Father, open financial doors for me so that I can continue becoming a, a kingdom financer. Glory to him. As I close, family, I hope this message is clarified 
to you that in as much as things may look like they are stagnant, in as much as things may look like it is not worth it, in as much as things may cause you to question, is the life, is this what life is? I just want to encourage you that the father that you serve, the father that you serve, the father that you follow, the father that you've called Lord, the father that you are obedient to, the father that you love, the father that loves you, has more for you than you can ever think, has more for you than you can ever ask. Don't give up, be humble, be grateful, have the right motives. I'll not want to close without extending this invitation to anyone that has not made Jesus their Lord and Savior. And I just want to take this opportunity and say to whoever is listening that hasn't made Jesus as Lord and Savior that here's an opportunity for you this morning allow Jesus to be Lord over your life. Make the best decision you'll ever make, an eternal decision. Make Jesus Lord over your life. It's very simple. Just lift up your hand wherever you are and say this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you that you came and died for my sins. I'm a sinner without you. Your death on the cross washed away my sins. You died and rose on the third day, and I believe that. Today, I make you Lord over my life. I receive salvation today. It is a free gift from you. Holy Spirit, take control of my life. Take charge of my life. Help me to conform to the image of Christ. I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.